Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Ministries podcast. This is the last in this series of preparing for Pentecost. In fact, Pentecost will have just passed, and my hope is that the church that you attended, that I hope there was some mention of Pentecost and something about the Spirit. I guess I've just been hoping over this series to kind of supplement what you might not get in a one-day message. And most of all, I was hoping that it would set you up to experience church this past Sunday filled with gratitude, real gratitude for what God did in sending the Holy Spirit on that day. And again, why I think it deserves the same amount of energy, preparation, and celebration as Christmas and Easter, as Incarnation Day and Resurrection Day. And as I mentioned, I like to call it Invasion Day. Invasion Day, that's what we've been talking about. That on that day, the Spirit of God invaded our lives. But He invaded as gift. And that invasion came to make change, to change us. That invasion came into our lives and changed our condition. He changed our relationship. And over the last two weeks, we talked about how He came also to change us from the inside out, to transform our will, to transform our mind, that by the Spirit, we could live the life that God designed for us to live so that it would be filled to greater and greater and greater degrees of joy and revealing the glory of God and peace and just pleasure. Well, this last one then, Invasion Day, it wasn't just to change us from the inside out for our own sakes, but it was to change and be change agents in a world out there that doesn't know Him. On the very first day, I read to you from Acts chapter 1. It's Luke beginning the second book. He wrote Luke, and now he's writing Acts. And we focused that first day, particularly in verses 4 and 5, where Jesus said, wait for the gift my Father promised. But I want to come back to the remaining verses in that section, beginning with verse 6. He said, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, this is such an important question because there was still the belief that when the Messiah came and when the Spirit was poured out, both of which were being anticipated, is that it would be what they called the great day of the Lord. And that in that moment in time, again, where they ask, are you going to restore the kingdom, the reign and rule to Israel, that Israel would once again be at the Solomon level where there was such prosperity, such blessing that rulers were coming from every part of the globe to meet with Solomon and to find out what was the secret to your success as a nation. This is what they believed. And even some of the promises of Isaiah for a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth, and all kinds of other kinds of hopes that would come, everybody was of the mindset that when the Messiah and the Spirit came, it was going to happen then on the planet at that time. So that's what they're asking. Now, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? To which Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by his own authority. Essentially, what he said is, no, and I don't know exactly what the time or the date is. That's his authority. He knows. He knows alone. But the bottom line is, is in that answer, it's a no. Not now. That's not what I'm doing. Instead, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. You know, at Christmas time, we celebrate Advent. Advent means coming. And we talk about the first coming of Jesus, of God coming into the world in the form of a man in Jesus. And even a part of that, if you do the Advent candles, one of the candles is talking about the prophecies about that first coming. And often when I would preach that during the Incarnation Day season, we would focus on the fact that in fulfillment of prophecies, Jesus came the first time. We should hold on to the fact that he will come again a second time. And here, that's what the angel said. He is going to come back. Don't stress over that. In fact, at the end of the revelation, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Yes, I am coming quickly. Well, I'm not sure how Jesus defines quickly. (laughs) But the point is, he made a promise and he will come back. He will return. But the fact is, is that we are in a waiting season. We are in a time of anticipating when he's coming back. When all those things the guys were asking initially, are you going to establish this now? And he says, essentially, no. It's later. When I come back the second time, that's when this is going to happen. Remember that Jesus is going to come back, the new heaven and the new earth. He's going to be with us. No more tears, no more crying. And then especially he says, behold, I am making all things new. There is a time when he's going to finish it and all things will be made new. He is going to come back. And what those guys are asking about, are we going to see heaven on earth again? Yes, we are. We're going to see it. We're going to live in it. We're going to experience it. In fact, I thought there probably won't be any necessity going on, but I thought once that day came, we might want to call that new creation day since I'm naming days. (laughs) But there's a day that we anticipate that's going to be new creation day, when he returns, when all things are going to be restored, and everything that we taste in part, we're going to experience it full. In fact, using that language, taste in part. Another incredibly important verse about the Spirit, about this whole idea of invasion, but before I go into invasion, particularly Acts 1.8, about being witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.21, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Again, what we experience in part with the coming of the spirit, a measure of joy, a measure of peace, a measure of love, a measure of a quality of life, We experience only in part because we still live in this present evil age and we still live in the process of being transformed. And so we say and do things that cause harm. But there is a day when all of that's going to be changed. There is a day, new creation day, when all things will be made right. And the Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing that. And even as Gabriel said to Zechariah when he said that he and Elizabeth would have a baby, and he says, well, how is that possible? And Gabriel says, look, dude, 
I stand in the very presence of God, and I'm telling you, no word from God will ever fail. Folks, we're going to see New Creation Day. Jesus will come back. The kingdom will be fully established on the earth again, and all that we taste in part now, we will taste in full. And folks, that's exciting to think about and to be ready for and to anticipate. The final thing I want to say on this topic, again, that Invasion Day was not just invasion into our lives to change us, but that through us, He would invade the world, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, that we would take this love, this message, this revelation of who God really is and how much He loves people, that we would become agents of change in the world around us. That wherever we work, our home, our family, our neighborhood, our school, wherever we are located, that's our end of the earth. Now, sometimes we are literally sent to the ends of the earth. There are those who are then labeled missionaries. But we're all missionaries in that sense. We're all ambassadors. We're all on a mission to bear witness to Jesus, to bear witness to what believing in Him did in our lives, to bear witness that His death and resurrection and ascension gave the gift of the Holy Spirit and changed us. Witnesses give testimony to what they saw, to what they heard, to what they experienced. He says, you're going to be my witnesses. We are going to bring the love of God. We are going to become more and more like God, like Jesus, in such a way that they're going to see Him and be drawn to Him as the hope that you and I are the product, that one of the biggest parts is that we bring His love and presence into a situation and those around us, we notice them, we love them, we talk to them, we respond to them in love. We see their need and we reach out and touch that need. We care about them and we especially care about them unconditionally, regardless of if they ever love us back. And it's in this activity of being like Jesus, loving like Jesus, that it would hopefully create conversations and that people would get to know Him and come into relationship with Him. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and following. He said, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And listen to this line. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. In fact, listen now from Jesus himself. I died for you, that as you live, you would no longer live for yourself, but for me who died for you and was raised again. See, here's one of the most important aspects is that what he's trying to change for us is that, and I kind of why I started the way I did, he did not come into our lives to bring heaven on earth fully now. But so often our temptation is that we want to live in our present existence, our present lives, hoping that we're going to get a little bit of heaven now. We're looking for pleasure. We're looking for comfort. We, we want things to be good and great and blessing and abundance. And sometimes that happens. But folks, truthfully, as best I can discern from the text is that Jesus' words to the disciples and to us was, not now. That's been bumped to later. Right now, our lives are about being lived out, not for ourselves, but for Him. Our lives are to have become a living sacrifice, Romans 12.1. 
We no longer live for ourselves. Another place, Romans 15.2, Paul says that we would not live to please ourselves, but to please our neighbor for their good to build them up, for even Jesus didn't live to please himself. See, the whole thing about Invasion Day is that we are a people on mission. It is not about settling into heaven now, to the kingdom now per se. It's about being on mission. You and I are on mission. Our lives are to be sold out for what God's doing in the earth, saying not now to heaven on earth, to all the pleasures, all the blessings, all the benefits right now. That's been postponed to the coming of new creation day when Jesus returns. Remember 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, look, if there's no future, then we're the biggest idiots on the planet. He said, because we have said no to everything in hopes that we're going to get it later in order to spend our lives on the sake of God's mission, on the sake of God's work in the world. So again, back to the Corinthians 5 text where he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Yeah, okay, in part. But here's the key sentence. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us. And I don't think the us is just Paul and his fellow co-workers. He gave us, all of us, the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. This is the gospel, folks, is that God is not counting their sins against how they've sinned against him and others. He's not counting those sins against him. He is offering forgiveness for those sins, having paid for it in the death of his own son. He wants to be reconciled, and he says, I have given you this ministry of reconciliation. And the fact is that many times Jesus commented on the fact that the Father was always at work, the Father was working. That work is still taking place. The very work of the Father that that Jesus was doing, that same work he's trying to do through us, his people, namely, to reveal himself, to reveal his love to get into conversation with people in hopes that they would respond and be reconciled to God and have their sins forgiven and be filled with the Spirit and begin to get in on this transformation process themselves. And then in turn, they become a part of those change agents of invading into their networks, their families, their neighborhoods, their work relationships. This is what God's doing in the earth. He is still doing this in the earth. This season between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus is about his people being on mission, continuing what Jesus started. The invasion didn't just happen in that little spot on the planet called Israel, Judea. He said, I started it there, but I'm expecting it to go out. I mean, if you just visualize a a globe and you just see that little speck on the globe, Israel, but that's the epicenter of where God's invasion is starting to move out, move out and move out and move out into the whole earth 
where He is changing His people, filling His people, empowering His people, which, oh, by the way, when He said you would receive power, the fact that a lot of the times when they were out there doing that stuff, God gave them power to heal, power to cast out demons, demonstrations of this power so that it would grab their attention. They want to go, how'd you do that? And you say, well, God did. Well, who is this God that did this? And then they start to describe Him and then talk about that this God loves them and wants relationship with them. Invasion Day is not just about invasion into our hearts, but it's invasion into the earth until He comes. And that when the same answer He gave the disciples, it's not about restoring the kingdom fully yet. That day will come. But I'm changing you so that you can go out and be a change agent in the world around you. Friends, it doesn't mean that there aren't times when we experience heaven on earth. There are places, vacation spots, there are moments in family celebrations and relationships and marriages and just varieties of things where, in fact, in 1 Timothy 6, when he was talking to the rich, he says that God had given us all these things for our pleasure. It's not that we don't experience pleasure from time to time, but it's not what we are living for. It's not our pursuit. It's not what we are expecting, even demanding. No, that ultimately, the fulfillment of that experience has been postponed. Our lives right now are about one thing and one thing only, is to live for Him who gave Himself up for us and to join Him in His mission. You and I, this is what we're about and that we would gladly do it and we do it with confidence and with hope because He put His Spirit into our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Oh, I get so fired up about all this stuff. Well, anyway, I love you. I hope you've enjoyed this series. I hope it's been an encouragement to you of why the coming of the Spirit should be celebrated. But I pray finally now that God would bless you and encourage you to recognize that the ultimate focus of our lives right now is to be a people on mission, on mission to continue what Jesus started until it gets out to the whole world. And in Matthew 24, 14, he says, it's not until this message gets out until the whole world will the end come. So Lord, bless my brothers and sisters. Empower us to embrace the mission to be change agents in the world around us. Empowered by you, Holy Spirit, led by you. Make it so, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. <music>